0: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Georgia has its share of celebrity chefs. A select few have emerged from high-stakes smackdowns with Food Network star Bobby Flay victorious. Yes, Pano Karatassos beat Bobby Flay. And he has a whole lot of other accomplishments and an amazing food tradition behind him. Like his father, also known locally as Chef Pano, he's carried those traditions to the South. And he's innovated on them as executive chef at Kima Restaurant in Atlanta. Well, now Chef Pano Jr. is extending his reach with a new cookbook and some staple ingredients for home cooks. And the book is called Modern Greek Cooking. Chef Pano, thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So for people who don't watch the show, the 12 people left who don't watch this show, what is the premise of Beat Bobby Flay? How does it work?
1: Beat Bobby Flay is an awesome show. You watch him every week. Two chefs go at it. And, and the uh,
0: chefs come in with their own recipes, their like, favorite recipes.
1: You, ha- you have your signature dish in mind. And uh, before you go against Bobby, you have to go against another chef. And the winner of that round faces Bobby. And what happens is... Bobby has a secret ingredient. So on the show, uh, the secret ingredient was arugula. I won. What'd you make? I made an arugula coolie with a seven-minute egg. Mm-hmm. And then I made a uh, a little shrimp and quinoa salad to go along with that. Uh, of course, garnish with more arugula. So I made arugula the star. The uh, The shrimp gave you a little bit of sweetness to go with the bitterness of the arugula. Uh, That's one of my favorite ingredients to use. I was
0: going to say you know your way from arugula.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, looking back at the show, I saw that the uh, the chef I was going against wasn't thrilled about arugula, and there I am. I'm thrilled about arugula, so I guess that gave me the edge. I went on. I faced Bobby, and uh, we competed over my signature dish, which was uh, lamb pie. Lamb pie.
0: Okay. No, where'd you learn how to make lamb pie?
1: (laughs) So lamb pie is from a Greek a pastry dish called uh, exohico And that's usually when you take um, meats that you've braised or roasted. Of course, in Greece, we do a lot of, you know, roasted lamb whole off off the rotisserie. And um, you pull it, you crisp it up in olive oil, and then you fold in caramelized onions, garlic, of course, some Greek oregano, thyme, and uh, extra virgin olive oil.
0: So now does Bobby try to make this same dish that you're making?
1: So he can do any kind of form of lamb pie that he wants to. Mm -hmm. And he chooses to go with a Moroccan style lamb pot pie is what he called it. And uh, it looked like he made a very flavorful dish. Um, I think the judges didn't like the fact that his puff pastry was so small that it didn't represent a pie. Had he spread it over his vessel and baked it like a traditional pot pie, I think he would have had a better chance. But um, the meat inside of my lamb pie was extremely tender. It was juicy. And uh, overall, his was tough. So I think that's what what won it for me.
0: So did you think, you know, did you ever for a moment doubt yourself that you were going to make that slamminest lamb pie?
1: <laughs> I was prepared. It's funny because in the show, when you watch it, they ask, uh, they ask me, you know, have you, how many, you know, how many times have you prepared or have you prepared this? And, of course, my answer is a thousand times. And you see Bobby's expression afterwards. Didn't like hearing that. So, but, uh, yeah, I was extremely confident,
0: so what was it like to hear your name announced as the winner?
1: It was awesome, yeah, you never know on this show uh he he wins, especially when he goes against savory cooks. I've watched plenty of shows prior to going up uh up to New York to compete, and um he wins he wins wins almost all of them. and um So you just don't know, you know, which way those judges are going to go. So it was awesome to hear.
0: Well, I want to hear a little bit about your origin of cooking story, because you didn't didn't grow, your early years were not in Greece, nor Atlanta, but in Missouri,
1: (laughs) of all places.
0: Was there a big Greek community there?
1: No, there was not. Um, My grandparents all came to the United States through Ellis Island. They settled down in Savannah. My parents are about seven years apart, so... They didn't really get to know each other until my father came back from the Navy. And uh, he's a chef. So Color Institute of America. A, a Brewer, chef. Yes, a legendary chef. And uh, so the Greek community in Savannah is strong. And um, Greek community in Atlanta is very strong, but in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, not really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just as an aside. Do you ever watch that show Ozarks, which is set kind of in Lake of the Ozarks? I've watched a couple
1: shows, uh-huh. but yeah, I haven't. And had a filmed chance. at
0: Stone Mountain of all places. I
1: know it's pretty awesome. Yeah
0: okay well so but when you did move to atlanta were you're eight years old something like that yes. seven or eight years old and your grandmother was then there she moved to atlanta with you closer to home is is that I, I imagine you as this kid you know from your book like being the kid in the kitchen hanging around while your grandmother's cooking your that's yaya right.
1: that's right my yaya so i do i mentioned the story in the book and um When I would come home from school with my brother and my sister, I would always go left towards the kitchen. They would say hi and kind of go right. Right meant they were going into the family room or downstairs in the terrace level. And um, I always found myself finding, you know, what is it that she's cooking? She's always cooking. So my curiosity was there. And I was uh, tasting her sauces and tasting her her stews. Uh, She would do anything from... You know, green beans and potatoes with tomatoes to a uh, beautiful braised lamb shank with orzo pasta. So she was always cooking. And um, for me, that's where I wanted to be when I came home from school. And then, you know, I'd find my way somewhere else and um, journey off.
0: Well, and your father, he went on to open Panos and Pauls, and you went on to major in the hospitality industry, and then a very, very distinguished pedigree in cooking, uh, working with Thomas Keller, Jean-Georges, uh, and also Eric Repair at Le, Le Bernardin in, yes. in New York City. These are great, amazing chefs. So what is it that gave you the oomph? You know, why were you the one who was chosen?
1: Well, I started cooking for my dad at age 15. And prior to that, I was in sports. So the oomph came from the fact that I just loved cooking. I um, loved my high school years. It was football in the fall, wrestling in the winter, uh, track in the spring, cooking in the summer, and then that rotation, you know, one more time, one more time, one more time. That's what got me going. I wanted to go directly to culinary school out of high school, but uh, both my parents wanted me to go to college. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy I did. Um, I started out at FSU, got my associate's degree. Then I went to Florida International, got my hospitality management degree. And, uh, and then finally, Culinary Institute of America. Yeah. So by the time I finished Culinary Institute of America, I am close to about 24, 25. I've been cooking for nine, 10 years, and I was able to secure a position at LaBernadine.
0: Amazing. And, and, uh, and what, a, what a guy he is. I read his um, yeah. memoir. <laughs> and he just sounds like, I mean, let's say, that's just acknowledge, compared to Thomas Keller, has a better reputation for, for the way that he treats his people in his kitchen.
1: He, um, all three chefs that I work for, um, really treated everyone great. I will say that. Well, I'm glad um, to hear it. You know, Chef Eric just is more vocal about that being sort of like um, a daily practice for him. And, um, yeah, so I spent, uh, you know, two and a half years. I cooked at uh, all his positions. I finished as a tournant. Uh, Which a, means what? Tornant is basically someone who has cooked all the positions and, uh, from a scheduling standpoint, can be used to fill in positions uh, on people's days off. because everyone. doing anything. Yeah, because most people work five days a week, and so there's always that sixth day of work. So um, after I worked for uh, Eric Parrott, I uh, started my job search. I gave Eric a good six-month notice, and um, he sort of uh, pushed me towards uh, Jean-Georges. And luckily he did, because I loved my experience with Jean-Georges. Uh, I worked for him almost two years and uh, met a lot of great uh, chefs that Were sous chefs that were cooks, uh, Wiley Dufresne, Gabriel Kunther, um, great names in the industry today, Eric Johnson, and um, had a blast. And then it was, uh, it was you know, another choice for me, you know, to move on and try another restaurant. Uh, I interviewed with Danielle Baloud, I interviewed with Thomas Keller, and um. The sort of uh, idea and thought of moving out to California, working for Thomas Keller, won me over and uh, wound up working over at the French Laundry.
0: This is such a distinguished career. But then by this time, you're what? How old are you? 29. I'm like 29. Yeah, I'm
1: 29. So
0: you were talking about being an athlete at the same time as learning how to cook. And that must be of great benefit. You know, the kind of endurance that you have as somebody who's athletically fit, because it is a really punishing job in some ways.
1: It is. Being an athlete and being on team sports like uh, football, baseball, and then doing single sports like wrestling where it's all up to you and there's no excuses for anything uh, as far as a win or a loss goes. So I learned a lot from my coaches and, you know, drive, push. Um, It was very important. You know, sports were huge. And um, I did all of it, though, because I wanted to come back to Bucket Life Restaurant Group and I wanted my dad to hire me. Ah. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the. You worked for these top,
0: (laughs) fantastic chefs,
1: and you're like, Dad, it's time to hire me. I was really uh, trying to secure my uh, my job, and basically, you know, I, I have I've always had the most utmost respect for all the chefs of Bucket Life Restaurant Group, and I put them on a pedestal. So at the end of the day, I I said to myself, you know, I've got to go work for some of the best chefs I can possibly get into their their kitchens in order to come back one day. And I did get that phone call, um, I was working for Thomas, and my dad had signed the lease where Kima is. And uh, he actually called me up and said, you know, how much longer do you think you're going to be doing this? Uh, I need you to come home. I, I signed a lease uh, next to the Bucket Diner. Um, and I want you to come home. I want you to be the chef and open up this restaurant, it's time to come back to the family. So that's what I wanted to hear. You know, I've got my dad up on the pedestals, too. He's one of the legendary restaurateurs, and uh, he doesn't mess around. And so those were the words I wanted to hear. And I felt like, okay, you know what? I think I've built my resume up. I think I finally uh, attracted my dad to hire me. <laughs>
0: What a great story. Pano Caritasas is my guest. He's executive chef of Kima and corporate executive chef of Buckhead Life Restaurant Group. In August, his cooking beat Bobby Flay, and he's talking with me a little bit about that all in the studio. Well, that is something that's kind of, you know, not many family-owned restaurant groups are operating on this scale. I mean, we're talking about the restaurant group has West Atlanta Fish Market, Chops Lobster Bar, Pritchy. Bistro Nico, Corner Cafe, Buckhead Diner, and of course, Kima. So, and, and expanding into Florida, as I understand, why are you guys able to do it without, you know, killing each other like a lot of
1: families do? <laughs> you know, we, uh, it, it all goes back to training. You know, my father likes to work with people who are talented, who are well trained, uh, know what they're doing. And um, my brother, you know, and myself, did nothing but train extremely hard to be where we are in this company. Uh, we've had to earn every step of the way, and um, you know, there's a respect level between all three of us that um, you know we we know we can count on each other to um, help support the the great chefs and general managers of our company.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about Greek food and the evolution in the U.S. because you know, we know that Chinese food here is, you know, there's no General Zo's chicken in China, right? You know, that there are American adaptations that have been made that have been presented as Greek food. Are there any misconceptions about Greek food here in the U.S., do you think?
1: Absolutely. There are a lot of Greek restaurants that open up and they already have a mindset of the touristy sort of traps that you can get into. Right, and, you're going to
0: have grape leaves, pita, heroes, that kind of thing?
1: Well, it, it's, it's maybe um, the fact that the food is, is cooked too far in advance, um, that it's uh, not using the high-end quality ingredients. So it's not a great representation of, of Greece. But how about
0: for your book, you know, that you are putting this book out there to try and bring this food, let's also acknowledge Mediterranean diet, thought to be the healthiest in the world, let's say globally, to home cooks. But they may have, you know, just supermarket ingredients or may not have access or let's say the time or energy to to, this is your life, your job. You find this quality food, just, you know, the quality of a great, great yogurt, for example. So how are they going to translate these dishes?
1: Well, you know, sourcing is what we do in the restaurant. And so we've made these sources available in the book. So everything can be as great as I make it at the restaurant.
0: Are you teaching your kids to, to cook and and introducing them to Greek culture in that way? I mean, would you like them to follow in your footsteps as you did? You know, you I,
1: ju- I just want them to find what they're passionate about. But yes, my son Pano is 18. He um, uh, cooked grill for me, hot apps for me at the restaurant. Same thing with my 15 year old Lucas um but he's been more um garmage, hot apps and uh working in the kitchen and then my daughter Sophia she's always been a magnet in the kitchen so if i start to cook something she just finds her way over there kind of like i was with my yaya and uh starts helping and um we'll see where they go you know right now they're enjoying it and uh without any influence from me or conversations about what to study uh in college pano Is taking hospitality management. Mm -hmm. Go figure.
0: Maybe they'll jump through enough hoops to get hired by their dad in the
1: future. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You know, I I set a high mark for them, so we'll see what they do.
0: Pano Caritasas, thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Pano Caritasas, he's executive chef of Kima in Atlanta and corporate executive chef of Buckhead Life Restaurant Group. His new book is called Modern Greek Cooking. Now we're going to get out of the studio and hopefully into the kitchen and show me that lamb recipe. But for now, we're going to leave you with the song In Degrees by the band Foles. I also have some exciting projects cooking. Podcast host and journalist Malcolm Gladwell, the man who introduced the tipping point to the American lexicon, will be discussing his new book, Talking to Strangers, Thursday evening at the First Center for the Arts. On Saturday, I'll be in Shelman, Georgia for the Boodlow Bryant Festival. And on Sunday, MSNBC host Rachel Maddow will talk with me about her new book, Blowout. It is super timely. It's linking the oil and gas industry to Russian tampering with elections and the geopolitical tensions now going on in Ukraine. She'll be at the Fox Theater in Atlanta on Sunday, October 13th. Hope to see you at one of these events. On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, LaRaven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer. Jesse Neiswanger is our engineer. Our interns are Alexis Thomason and Jessica Lowell. Don Smith is our dean of grammar. Hope you're getting better. Amy Kylie is senior producer. Our executive producer is Mary Lynn Ryan. I'm Virginia Prescott. Thanks so much for spending some time with On Second Thought.